Good evening, I'm Robin. And I'm Steph. And you're listening to Zombites with Robin and Steph. According to CW sources, the fourth season of iZombie ended Monday night with its season finale. Included was a royal wedding between Prince Bamino and Lady Dallas Ann Bazio, a former zombie. There was a riot in Off-Cameraville where, against the protest of his son, a local crazy priest rode a stolen horse into the town of Headshot. Also, reports of acting Mayor Charles dying were greatly exaggerated. We asked for a quote from her boyfriend, a medical examiner with the Seattle Police Department, and his only comment was, I know. However, the much-talked-about renegade had four different lovers show up to her impending execution. One played hero, one played complicit, and two were murdered within seconds of each other. Afterward, tribute was paid to two others that died before. Now the city of New Seattle is under the protection of a recently recruited military man, a former assistant DA, a mass-murdering entrepreneur, and an alabaster badass folk hero. This finale brought laughs, screams, and tears, and they will all be discussed ahead. And later, we'll have a cooking segment with Chef Donald Eberhardt of Romero's. Welcome to the season finale of the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin and mangez mon cerveau. I'm Steph and I am not going to let this hiatus break me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. But we have a nice big show ahead of us uh, to talk today. Um, I do I get this out of the way. We're a member of the DCTV Talk Network. Check out DCTV Talk for all your DCTV podcasting needs. That's DCTVTalk.com. All right. Well, we're at the end of season four, Steph. Oh, I'm kind of sad. I, I feel like, you know, we went through uh, like a like a whole bunch of stuff together and then – I don't know. It's just like you, you work so hard to get to the end, and then when you get to the end, they're like, no, more, more. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what is going to happen in the fin- in the finale? Yeah. Well, now we know what happened in the finale, and it's over. And Yeah. So now we just great, have to but... talk about season five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, a, it, it was nice that it ended on an upbeat note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, – it was um, – I don't know. It was it was like I, I, I was still like crying, <laughs> basically. But they were like, my heart is completely full, like tears, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, just a little bit of news here uh, on our Twitter feed, the um, iZombie Podcast or at iZombie Podcast on on Twitter. I've been running a iZombie recurring characters uh, challenge or bracket since uh, around the end of March. 88 characters that had been on the show at least twice. Uh, I, of course, excluded any main characters. So uh, we got to um, a final four of Don E, Chase, Johnny Frost, and Lowell. What? The much-missed the much Lowell. Man, Lowell was a... 
popular character. I see. He, I, and, and it's funny. <laughs> he was like on maybe four episodes of iZombie. <laughs> but still, I, I still miss him. Um, but <laughs> but uh, they fought it out to the end. And uh, on the night of the season finale, a winner jumped out of the ice. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> slid across the bar with a samurai sword. And his name is Donnie. So congrats to Donnie. He is the winner. Donnie is always entertaining. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. I'm really hoping that he gets promoted to uh, a regular next season. Oh, that'd be great. And he's in every episode. Yeah. So he does have he kind did. of a kind of a, an advantage because people like see him like in every episode. Yeah. But he's still More recurring. opportunities. Yeah. More opportunities to be awesome. Yep. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the other piece of news is that the writing room is going to be back in session in three weeks. So um, any sort of uh, news that we have, um, I'll probably be posting on Twitter or in our Facebook group. Um, but yeah, back to work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's just get right into it. This is our episode discussion of season four, episode 13. And he shall be a good man. Um, how's the song go? His name is shall be Levon, and he shall be a good man. And he shall be Levon. It's my childhood now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard that song before, and I played it this week, and I was like... What? Yeah, yeah. yeah really? I, yeah, played it right before uh, the season finale. I was like, oh, this is good, and this is sad, let me, too. <laughs> let me send you... I'll send you some songs to listen to, Robin. You're missing out. Uh, all right. I mean, I've Your heard Elton John was, before, but... Oh man, early Elton John. I've got I've got a uh, Yellow Brick Road on vinyl. You should get Madman Across the Water. All right. Uh, speaking of Madman, uh, this episode <laughs> was written by Rob Thomas and directed by Dan Etheridge, friends of the pod. And I uh, just no, had to get that no, one just last one just on don't. you before uh, we run. All right. So uh, basically, my recap here is in chronological order because I mean, come on. <laughs> All sorts of stuff is happening. And a lot of our main characters are in scenes together, so it's a little hard to split them up. So, here we go. Uh, we start with the chapter Frostbitten Nice Guy, which I don't know if you know where that's from. Frostbitten Nice Guy. Yep. I said, no, my, which... my, my, Frostbitten uh... Nice Guy. <laughs> Once bitten, twice shy. Oh, okay. Hilarious. Great white. Uh, all right, so we get this uh, new segment that Johnny is uh, uh, reporting on. He's not just on the news. He's got his own zombie news show, uh, Frostbites. Can I say this is brilliant? <laughs> because we get exposition, we get information mm-hmm. in a scene with Ravi at home by himself. This is just yeah, amazing. He's just watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we find out that uh, Peyton's little uh, tripped trip to uh, D.C. didn't really help. Um, these they, There's some hardliners in Congress that uh, basically shut down these dreamers. Uh, oh, what, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make it topical. Uh, uh, it's, <laughs> it, so uh, the brain shipments are being stopped. So uh, Robbie's really worried. So he calls Peyton's voicemail and says, you better not be on your way back here. Yeah, because he's so conflicted. Yeah. I mean, he wants to see her so badly, but he wants her to be safe and not in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then there's a knock on the door. He opens it up expectantly, and it's Suki. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And uh, but she's delivering news about Liv being ex- executed, and I love this part because, like, it really knocks Ravi back. He nearly has to like sit down at his coffee table. He's like, yeah, in, at the news of this. And uh, and I also love the uh, what are you going to do? And he said, beg Chase Graves to spare Liv's life. <laughs> what what else can he do? You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, Ravi goes and tells Jordan, and then we get to the chapter. And well. And but also it starts Jordan's yes. uh, character arc uh, this this episode because br- uh, the, the brain uh, the tubes the supplies are going to be cut off to the city and mm-hmm. she's worried about her brothers. Mm-hmm. So we have we have a reason not to possibly trust her, but also you know we she was saved by Major. So um, but anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, we go to the chapter Lust for Life. And uh, and that's when Peyton shows up, and I just love this. I don't know these guys, these two. Um, she acts all ap- apologetic, and he gets a, he gives her a huge kiss, and then they hook up. Cute shirt, cute shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it you know it only took like ten minutes. Uh, <laughs> what even ten? Yeah, not even. <laughs> And then Jordan heard it all. Like <laughs> says through the door that he's an animal. He, she would never have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, uh, we go to uh, Clive and Basio, and they're about to seal the deal. Uh, you know, Clive is going to give his life up for for Basio, and they're finally going to have sex. Everybody's having sex, or at least trying to. <laughs> And luckily, Ravi calls over and over and over again. And uh, finally, Basio answers her phone and says, it's God. And, yeah. oh, that was so funny. <laughs> so cute. I love that uh, Clive's face just completely goes from, like, annoyed to, like, serious. You know? <laughs> it's time. It's time to help Liv. So we go to Liv, and she's sitting in the prison cell. And who shows up but Justin? And- it's so weird. Justin just... He's just there. Yeah. It's almost like nobody acknowledges him. He doesn't really say anything. He's there. He's there, uh, you know, later on when Ravi and uh, Peyton and Clive come in. Mm. And you're just thinking, does everybody realize what's going on? Who he is? What's It's like they're treating him like he's always been around. But it's also like, I don't know. We get some, we get some good reaction shots from him. Um, I, and I like this actor. I, I, I really hope we, he sticks around next season. I didn't like what, what his character turned into, but, uh, maybe he's going to redeem himself, uh, under a uh, Lord commander major, but we'll- <laughs> yeah, it just, it seems like he's going to be there next season. Like, yeah. I can't wait to see what characters are going to be there next season mm-hmm. and what characters won't, because it seems like he played such a he was there. He was there a lot in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was such like a, a, you know, he turned out to be a big part of season three, and then just to have him disappear for season four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, he is uh, of the very few, which are two right now, keep uh, people who um, uh, who survived dating life. <laughs> Yeah, Rob Thomas lied to us, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, wait, um, but oh, I was trying to say that. Um, also, for people who may be just checking out the show for the first time in season four, not knowing who Justin is, um, there's nothing like 
you know, we see reaction shots from other like anonymous Fillmore Graves people yeah, or mus- you know, mustache guy, mustache, Who's mustache guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I swear they got him from Orange Is the New Black. You know, <laughs> that, that weird mustachioed guy from uh, that show. Um, so uh, we go to Major. At the hotel, uh, he says he's at this horse hotel where they busted some uh, dead enders. And he calls Jordan. He says, "I need you to do something for me." And that's when Jordan goes. And that's jo- Jordan is on his her way to uh, her her house. And man, these kids. They cast some really emaciated looking kids, <laughs> or the makeup's doing really a good job. But yeah, they're just like knees and elbows. <laughs> yeah, and the way they suck on those uh, suck down those brain tubes. It, it was like, wow, these these kids are starving. So um, that's kind of set in the background. You're like, okay, we'll see what happens there. Uh, we go to the next chapter, Dead-Headed Stepchild. And um, Liv is being escorted through the prison and goes past Levon's cell. And Levon's looking pretty beat up. And they say they love each other. Oh. And, of course, Justin's right there. He just drags her away. You know, and again, this is another one of those. If we didn't know Justin, it would just be like, oh, he's just acting like a guard. But you know, knowing Justin as we do, you know, you must be thinking he must be thinking, well, she moved on, and you know, I don't know, maybe a little jealousy there. Um, but we, she gets brought to a room, put in a chair, and there is uh, the French detective Enzo, and he brought along his uh, brass knuckles um, and wants to know where the rest of the railroad is. And she says, manger mon chaud, <laughs> which is, I, I immediately went to Twitter and I was like, please tell me what that means to <laughs> anybody who speaks French. And uh, I got re- replies that said it was, eat my shorts, if you didn't know, eat my shorts, which um, I immediately thought of Bart Simpson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess it's a reference to The Breakfast Club. Um, wow. Uh, Judd Nelson. And uh, tells uh, as like is the the print. He's not the principal. He's like a teacher. He's doing detention. Oh, and uh, he's being interrogated or something. Like I I can't remember the exact circumstances, but it's almost like he's being interrogated by the teacher, and, and he won't uh, give up any the information or something. Maybe one of the kids is missing out of the detention or something, and he just says, "Eat my shorts." Oh, okay. Uh, people who probably watch Breakfast Club more than me are like screaming at their phones, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I, I've seen it a million times, but I haven't seen it in like 20 years. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. So this is when the beating begins. And I just want to say F Enzo and also F Justin for standing by and watching this happen. And also F Chase for allowing this whole thing to happen too. I mean, F all three of those guys. Yeah. It's almost like for zombies, it, you know, just such as Chase shooting uh, Jordan, mm-hmm. it's like it's okay. No matter what you do to a zombie, it's okay physically. You can hurt them, and it's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. As I long know, as but... you don't, as long as you don't hurt their brain. Yeah, I guess so. And we know Liv's tough, but it's like. Well, I mean, it's not just that they're tough, but it's just like socially, it's okay to hurt. <laughs> A zombie, as long as you don't kill them by busting their brain. I mean, I guess so. <laughs> in, in Fillmore Graves, most definitely, yeah. uh, because they're all you know soldiers, and they you know 
Um, but I don't know. It, you know, I'm I'm a friend to women, and I I I'm not a fan of guys hitting girls. Yeah, no matter <laughs> and, if they're zombies uh, or not. I mean, I just immediately like lost respect, and I lost respect for Justin just standing there. You know, but we do see mm-hmm. him, we do see some reactions, and I'm you know he's definitely torn. Uh, but still, it, it's kind of it's kind of shitty, and I kind of hate him for it. So. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. He 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 starts working his way back to redemption by the end of the episode for me, <laughs> and hopefully he'll he'll be around next season to uh, to uh, win it back even more. I don't know. Um, he definitely upset me when at the end of the third season when he uh, didn't, you know, when Liv was trying to get away and he signaled uh, other soldiers that she was there. Uh, so uh, f him for now, I guess. <laughs> 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 All right. So um, Chase decides that the stick doesn't work. Let's gonna let's try the carrot. So they he has uh, Ravi, Peyton, and Clive in his office, and he says one minute to say goodbye. Or extra time uh, if you give me some um, names of uh, the people on the, the network. And she doesn't, of course. And so, oh, gosh. And here's where the tears start. Uh, but uh, she tells she tells Clive uh, the location of the hard drive with the documentary. And then she says, try to remember me on this brain, the one that loves you. And he says, you got it, partner. <laughs> See, this is where I lost it. Oh, God. It's funny they they released this scene uh, and uh-huh. uh, online as like a little teaser or something, uh-huh. and, and I had people like tweeted at me, and I was just like, "Nope, nope." <laughs> it was just like Liv says goodbye. It's like, "Nope, I'm watching this in the episode, and I'm so glad I waited." Uh, oh, you didn't see it? Nope, nope. Oh, see, I've seen it a million times, so maybe that's why it didn't affect. Yeah, I waited for the episode, and I was just like, I don't know, just sitting in front of the TV, like, "Oh my god." Uh, see, okay. Oh, and then when she talks to Ravi and tells Ravi to eat uh, Isabel's brain because mm. she won't have a chance to, okay, uh, I think that may have started working on me. But mm-hmm. when we got to Peyton, I think I'm more emotionally in- connected to Peyton and Liv's friendship than yeah. anything. Yeah, it's uh, uh, to see Peyton uh, freak out a couple times in this episode. I was, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely, um, I don't know. I, I, I it was, was very like, effective. It really was. And uh, <laughs> we always said we'd make big names for ourselves. I guess we should have been more specific. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I, I immediately started off with, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, Yes, Liv is on Liv brain in this episode, and that's just something that a lot of people have been hoping for. They wanted to see more Liv. This is all Liv this episode, uh-huh. and you know, and Clive has to deal with so many different brains. Um, and uh, she says that this is the one that loves you. It's so so sweet. And then his his like his like you got it, partner. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's trying not to trying not to. Cry himself. Can we can we talk about another point number two? Why Rob Thomas is brilliant, a brilliant writer. I mean, like this, many, the whole yes. set of construction. <laughs> do what? The many points. The um, many points. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But this is so brilliant. This he gives them a time limit, uh, you know, to talk yeah. to her, each of her friends, 
and I think that was just so wonderful. Yes, it doesn't it doesn't drag it out. It, it, you know, it's very um, efficient with uh, the amount of time they have in the season finale. Yeah. But it makes it all so much urgent and more emotional. Like, yes. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is the last. This is it. This is it. Right? What do I this say? Is, what have I? Oh, yeah. What, what would you say? Yeah. Twenty seconds. Uh-huh. Twenty seconds to say goodbye to somebody you loved, possibly forever. Oh man. Uh, so. <sighs> So they the guys they go outside. I, I love how like Chase is just like oh well you know, and uh, and when they take Liv away, and the three of them, like Clive, Ravi, and and Peyton, are just looking at Chase like what the hell happened to you? You know what you evil mf'er. <laughs> so they go outside and they're immediately in plan mode, and uh, all of a sudden uh, somebody goes papers please, and it's Major in disguise. <laughs> And he actually, uh, I think he put it on Instagram or maybe just tweeted a picture of himself in that getup. Uh, and I, I did not connect that it could be an eye zombie thing. A, dis- a disguise. Yeah, a disguise. But uh, beard, hat, long hair. Um, and then Peyton is at the uh, uh, at her office, I suppose, or the mayor's office. They have a plan. She's there with Stan. And uh, they have a plan about the manhole cover near the guillotine and how the documentary is about to be released. And uh, Stan wants to know if Ravi wants his face blurred. And mm. I love this. That Ravi's just like, nope. You know? Oh, my gosh. Ro Coley, this season, <laughs> has just, his act, I mean, he just knocks it out of the park mm-hmm. with everything he does. I know, and it's so like, yes, I'm going to die. I, I could be, I could get put on the freaking uh, melon smasher for this. Um, but this is my friend, and I will go down for her. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to turn it from that serious of a moment to, I love you, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then he's just like, I'm kidding. And then he starts groveling on the phone, and he's like, Well, you know, I mean, it, it had it, it. This is the way it had to go down. <laughs> he he couldn't just tell Peyton he loved her. He it had to be some kind of dorky, awkward, nerdy thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And it, everything is so very much like this is like could be end of empire. You know, this could be. Uh, something horrible happened to all of them, you know, and it's, it's go time. And um, I love you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just love the groveling. And then he's just like, kind of like holds the phone and like yells, I love you at it before like cl- closing it, you know. And then he turns around and this major just like, well played. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a tweet from Rao about this scene. He says, um, I lost my shit when I read this script. The iZombie writers have looked after me from day one. They know exactly how to make a guy feel special. And he's, you know, talking uh-huh. specifically about I love you, I know. Um, so uh, so we hear this plan about the manhole covers. And immediately when the next scene, Chase is like, okay, so we're going to b- booby trap those manhole covers. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, we go to the documentary. And we see uh, what Levon's been filming. And... Um, I do have to mention as a, as a slight criticism, we've been talking about the wig <laughs> all season long, right? Uh, why is she wearing the blonde wig? Oh, it's to make her more relatable to the humans that might be watching this documentary. Well, there are several moments in that, uh, footage of the documentary where she's in her white, uh, her normal hair, I should say <laughs> her white hair. And, um, yeah, it goes, she goes back and forth. Yeah. 
Yeah. In the documentary. So, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those unanswered questions of the season. <laughs> or just, I don't know. It, and it's definitely, I don't know. It's not like a, I mean, it could be just as simple as, well, Liv wanted to be blonde this day. <laughs> you know, I don't know. She's, uh, it's like trying on a new pair of pants or, oh, I feel like wearing shorts today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there could be no answer. There yeah. could be no reason. And we know probably the most, uh, simplest answer is just basically yeah we decided to give rose a break this episode and let her have her own hair and yeah um so um that's when uh yeah chase is watching this and all of a sudden he's like is that paul rudd narrating no <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and then uh paul rudd he's a good guy and yeah it's so cool to get a uh a former uh, Veronica Mars, former Party Down producer. Um, I, I just love the the spun- what, hot American summer. <laughs> Did yeah. they all? Didn't they all go to college together? Did, it, wasn't it like Rob Thomas and uh, Ken Marino and Z- who's the guy that played the reporter later on? Oh, uh, Darren Norris. No, well, Darren Norris. I I think they. Like, oh, the guy um, that played the Mather Zickle. Mather Zickle. Yeah, I think they all like grew up together, came up to I, I, I don't no know. Idea. I think they're friends. They're all friends from way, way, way back. Oh. Well, I don't know. I I guess I haven't read too much about their history, so <laughs> I should know by now, but uh bad fancaster. Um all right. Uh, so that's when Jordan comes in and starts begging for tubes and says she's got some information and, uh, offers the location of major. And I like how Chase is still kind of appealing here where he's just like, you were never, you know, you, we were never let go. You know, you just were, you know, he was, he's basically saying, yeah, I wasn't. I didn't. You're 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 punished. I shot you. <laughs> you know. I didn't let you go. But you know, in his weird, twisted way, you know, like you shouldn't be yeah, shooting, see, shooting your underlings. See, <laughs> shooting her is no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. You're a zombie. I can hurt you, and uh, that's just your punishment. So uh, we go to the hotel. It's called the Cattle Prod Hotel. I noticed the, the sign, and Chase busts in there and. You know, we know now that this is all like a setup, right? This is Jordan helping Major out. And I like that Major uh, thought enough about uh, the setup to leave the soup kind of hot, fog up the mirror so they could be like, oh, he was just here, you know, but he's just across the street watching. And, um, and yeah, he's there with the rest of the folks in the Renegade Club and uh, Curtis Curtis is protesting because Major was one of the guys that held him hostage. But Stan knows him as, you know, Stan went and had to rescue him from the, the cell that Liv locked him in last episode. So he must know him from that. He's a friend of Renegades. And uh, this is what we start seeing, you know, Commander Major, uh, Captain America stepping up. And uh, trying to inspire everybody to like, listen, we're going to do this. We're going to save her. And uh, I used to be engaged to Renegade. I, you know, basically I want to re- rescue her. And um, Suki's worried because, of course, that our last time we saw the, an execution, the crowd was divided. There were a lot of people who really wanted an execution. But Clive says that the video um, has over 200,000 views. So the crowd will be very pro-Renegade. Okay. Point number 6,484. Uh-huh. Uh, Rob Thomas is so smart. 
I love how this shows how quickly people are are watching this documentary. Mm-hmm. They're watching because it goes from like two hundred thousand, and then um, what's what's Cutie Pie the the father the oh the one who was almost got executed. Uh, oh, Curtis. Curtis, I can't ever remember his name. He's like, so how many? Are, yeah, he's cute. How many? How many? What's the count now? And then it cuts to the next scene. Chase Graves is like a, a quarter of a million people. Yeah. Yeah. So like, just you know, in a snap of a finger, it's five hundred more thousand people have watched it. Mm-hmm. So everybody in New Seattle is watching it. Yeah. And I guess outside New Seattle. Yeah, and as we learn, you know, um, it's weird when like old people get that many views. But Liv is, like, young-looking, so it makes sense, right? That was set up episodes ago. (laughs) So, yeah, like you said, Chase wants Liv executed. Uh, He's been watching a video. Hobbs is like, it's going to incite a riot. And, um, you know, and who knows if the soldiers, if the rioters come here, they're going to kill, like, innocent people. Um, And Hobbs actually has a better idea. Were they they saying this because the soldier... (sighs) They don't trust the soldiers. Right. Is it because the soldiers are beginning to be malnourished? No, I think it's because this video is so popular. I think it's like, you know, the soldiers might be torn on opening opening fire. I mean, it's one thing if it's like a whole bunch of zombies headed your way. But this is like, you know, inciting zombies and humans alike uh, to to defend um, Renegade. Um, okay. But yeah, I think the video does a lot like, oh my God, they're going to kill this girl, you know? Um, the optics of it. Exactly. I mean, we love uh, uh, Mama Leone, but she didn't have a uh, trending video on <laughs> about how awesome she is and all the good she's been doing. She was just some black market villain that was like smuggling people in and making you starve. Whereas this shows the, uh, the softer side of uh, human smuggling. <laughs> Um, and look how young she is. I mean, that's another thing. She's really young, so she's got she gets a lot of hits. Um, mm-hmm. It makes sense. Anyway, a stupid joke, and I'm just going to drag it out through the entire <laughs> podcast. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, Hobbs has a better idea. We're going to move the execution to earlier. We'll film it, and then we'll just release it after everything dies down, which is just cutthroat. Hobbs, Hobbs. I just. Don't trust this guy. Nope. And you shouldn't. He seems like you will. I mean, he stabbed Major in the back in the last episode, and uh, Major never found out about it. Um, Right. And uh, who knows if Major at the end of this is going to find out that Hobbs is the one that was basically whispering in uh, Chase's ears uh, this entire time. Yeah, or we. Okay, if uh, if this character is back next season, mm-hmm. will he be doing the same thing with Major? Is he just, you know, an opportunist? Yeah, Major, at the end of the episode, is uh, not sure what he wants to do with Hobbs. So yeah. at least there's some doubt in his mind. He doesn't totally trust him. Mm-hmm. All right, pride in the name of brother love. Um, Angus has a surprise for Blaine. Uh, Enzo is here. He's on their side. And Crybaby Carl is unthawed. Yay! Crybaby Carl's not dead. <laughs> because a zombie should not pay for killing a human. It would be like punishing a human for eating a steak. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Enzo is here with. He already knows the plan. Um, uh, tomorrow morning. 
what they need to do is take their followers and go to the gates that has the least defense and uh uh, you know, that's the least defended gate, and also many of the guards are going to be securing the execution. It's just so weird how it's so creepy how Enzo just does what he wants, he just releases the zombies that he wants to release, mm-hmm. and there's no oversight, nobody is uh holding him accountable, nobody is overseeing what his actions. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and uh, his motivations uh, get a little bit more um, mysterious as the episode goes on. Um, we'll get to that. Um, so Angus uh, films a video to rally his followers, and uh, it's very much uh, Infowars uh, crossed with 700 Club. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty not so. Um, so we go to um, – uh, Major hearing from Jordan, he gets a phone call um, that uh, the the change of venue. So yes, here we go. We we finally figure out in the episode Jordan has uh, since he got, has been has been in contact with Major. Right. They've been talking. They had all this planned out, and there is I love all. Okay, another reason Rob Thomas is a, is a genius. <laughs> uh-huh. I love all this. What's going on over there? Yeah, you know. Somebody's talking and and people on the other side of the room are wondering what's going on. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and also I love the fact that, you know, Major has been, you know, touch and go throughout the season, but when it's time to jump into action, um Major has a plan and uh it'll all come together uh pretty efficiently. <laughs> so And well, and I love that um, everything that Major has been doing at Fillmore Graves, he, he it's trained him. He's using his 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 um, skills against Fillmore Graves mm-hmm. to rally the uh, Underground Railroad people. <laughs> yeah, the under, yeah, and, and against Fillmore Graves. Yeah, I, I was writing that a lot in my notes. Like Underground Railroad people, the, yeah, they should have a bit, like a, the Renegaders or Renegade people. Uh, yeah, we'll figure out something in season five. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, Major breaks the news, and this is when Peyton freaks out, and she's like, oh, "This cannot happen! Absolutely this not!" I, this is what made my heart hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like half in tears. She is, she's in a panic. Mm-hmm. She is about to lose it. Um, so we go to the set of Frostbites, the studio, and. Um, <laughs> Um, there's a cooking segment. And of course there is, because, I mean, cooking segments, I, I mean, don't you know the Food Network, would, they were like, you know what, all over the country, there are there are cooking segments every morning on morning television. We should just make a whole network out of it. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I also love this. This is kind of like a uh, subtle uh, slight to Blaine and his operation, because... Here's Blaine uh, trying to make this highly respectable restaurant, and um, he had that supplier who was uh, supplying to Le Dome. And who is the chef here that's on the show? But he's 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 a chef from Le Dome. He's wearing a Le Dome uh, insignia, oh. his, uh, his little coat there. Yeah, um, and uh, and and also, well, I'll just add to. 5,000th uh, reason why Rob Thomas is amazing. Um, we we now also slightly have a, a cooking segment 
we didn't have a brain. <laughs> but we have a cooking segment. <laughs> even though the even though it wasn't Liv cooking her brain. Yeah. It's this uh <laughs> it's this guy that looks like he's from he's that the is it Robbie Coltrane from uh The Princess Bride. Uh, <laughs> uh I don't know. You just think on that and you'll get that reference later, I guess. Um but I Rose actually tweeted Frostbites is one of my favorite moments here. God Johnny Frost is brilliant and so is Ali Machaka. Um Oh and, yeah. When he asks if he can Yeah. Oh sorry, we're not there yet. Oh no no, it was fine. Uh so Peyton, please to the people, if you're interested in a world where humans and zombies coexist peacefully, head down to Colorado and Heinz. And uh Yeah. yeah. I mean it's great because Brother Love has been cre- they've been and Blaine have been creating these produced videos, mm-hmm. and uh, here Peyton and Ravi just like the spur of the moment uh, live yep. <clears throat> opportunity to to reach so many people at one time. No time to upload to YouTube. It is uh, it's go time. Let's get into the studio. Um, and uh, yeah, like you said, surprisingly Johnny just walks off his own show because lives in trouble. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, uh, I'm with them. We're yeah. going to help live uh, that, that crazy girl who, <laughs> who sexually harassed me yeah. at my sexual harassment seminar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, you know, it might not even be just live. It might be that, you know, he was inspired by Peyton's speech. Yeah. He wants yeah. humans and zombies to live together in harmony. He's not all, he's the one that, Carried the warning at the end of the last season to to you know that the flu shot. I mean, he's been a a big part of this, so it's cool that Johnny shows up. Um, so meanwhile, we go to Angus and Blaine, and Blaine is all ready to just watch these rioters from a rooftop and uh, you know not put himself in danger. And Angus, uh, um, well, he takes down a uh, uh, officer on a horse and uh, uh, commands his horse. And Blaine is like actually worried about his father. I know. I love how their relationship has changed so much. Like Donnie has to remind Blaine later on that mm-hmm. your dad was a SOB, mm-hmm. but that's not how Blaine sees him right now. He's it, he inspires Blaine. He they really connected uh, the, over the past couple of um, seasons. Over the season, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. No. Uh, yeah. It, it's yeah. It's interesting. I wonder. Inspire. That's yeah. I guess. I guess in a way he does inspire him. But you know, he did something. He he created something. He's crazy as a loon. But um, and Blaine is saying like, "Hey, I staged that miracle." And Angus immediately switches back into old Angus mode, and uh, he's like, "You're already dead to me," and calls him a coward, and then rides off. And uh, yeah, this leaves Blaine in, in the alley, just kind of looking at his shoes. So um, we go to tanks for the treacheries and uh, <laughs> Fury News, uh, which is human news. We're used to seeing like zombie news, but like with uh, Johnny Frost. But like we said before, this is Mather Zickle, um, who was on Party Down. Uh, he was also on Children's Hospital. And Rachel I, getting married. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen that movie once. I can't remember. I remember it most recently on Sarah Silverman's Hulu show "I Love You, America," where he plays like a uh, an anchor person that you know. She basically I, have you seen that show before? I've seen 
few seconds of it here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like her talking about like politics or whatever, but like she has Mather sitting in the normal anchor person's chair, like a like a late night uh, talk show chair, just to make sure you know, like the white guy in the talk show chair, just to make everybody feel safe. <laughs> uh. And he's really good at that. So I was happy to see him here. And what a name, Mather Zickel. Yeah. Uh, so he starts pointing out this that the guy in the blue cape from Fillmore Graves. Actually showed up and warned the troops of the mass exodus. So that made them uh, rally all their troops and bring in a tank. And they're all ready to fire down on this riot. So I ask you, <laughs> what the heck is going on with uh, Enzo? Because he gives Angus his the information. We think that it's because like he believes in brother love. But then... He goes to um, uh, the U.S. troops and and the the humans and is like, yeah, there's a huge mob headed your way. Um, you're going to have to you know gun them down and get reinforcements. So to me, it seems like Enzo. We have thought that brother love has won him over, but he's actually uh, been in favor of Fillmore Graves this entire time because we all see the only only other time we see him is when he's beating on Liv uh, for Chase. But he let Crybaby Carl go, mm-hmm. and he let who's the other cutie pie? <laughs> Topher, <laughs> Tucker. Oh, Tucker. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Enzo let Tucker and Crybaby Carl go because right. he because he was on Blaine and Brother Love's side. Right. He went to church. He felt uh, moved by Brother Love's message, and then he started helping them. But this is, again, it could be that he was not moved by Brother Love's message. Chase did send him to investigate things. What we needed to connect the dots was a little scene between Enzo and Chase, Enzo reporting to Chase. Because, A, Chase has done the same thing with Major, sending Major to go uh, investigate Russ and they were secretly reporting to one another. So I'm assuming he did the same thing with Enzo. And to win uh, Angus's trust and Blaine's trust, first Angus's trust by releasing Tucker, and then Blaine's trust by releasing Crybaby Carl. And then he said, okay, everybody go there. And then then he told the army and the army and he had not even Fillmore Grace people uh, kill him. They had, uh, had the army kill him. So I, I think I don't know. There is there's part of me is like is Enzo working for himself, or there's another part of me saying oh Enzo is secretly working with Chase this entire time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't see Enzo on the phone like in a corner talking <laughs> animatedly, you know. So anyway, so uh, Mather Zickel here uh, reports that zombies can smell human brains uh, as they get closer, and uh, he goes to the cameraman. He goes to the camera, ready to take a look, and you hear the cameraman go, "Not really." <laughs> <laughs> and so we get this like shot of Angus and the horde of zombies coming out of the fog. Angus riding valiantly on his horse, and then the cameraman is like, "Nope," <laughs> and they. I know. Brilliant, brilliant, yeah. yay, 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 yay. Uh, you know, we just get a glimpse. Uh-huh. We just get a glimpse in the corner of our eye, and then the cameraman runs and hides. It's awesome. It's That's a great way to save. 
It's how you do an epic finale on a CW budget. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote in my notes, the war goes to off-screenville. <laughs> because later, you know, Major sends out troops to back up the army, and we don't see any of that happen. We just know it happens. And uh, good enough. I mean, we saw them r- racing out of the smoke, and I don't know, that was that was enough for me. I didn't need to see, like... Huge stunt work, or yeah, a huge. I mean, it would have made it even better, but uh, you know, it's, it's not, good it's, enough. It's, it's it was. It's not it's what I'm worried. About. I'm worried well. about live. <laughs> right. We won't stop this execution. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, she and Leon are sitting in the holding van with Justin and uh, Justin, another troop who shows Justin Levon's documentary, and Justin is the last person in Seattle who has seen it, <laughs> uh, and he starts watching it. So we see that Justin, and uh, they it. say it's a tearjerker. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Chase talks to Hobbs and says, "You know, hey, if the if there's rioters outside, Chase says if the doors fail, the soldiers are going to shoot whoever comes in." Um, mm. So we have the stage set The, the Melon Smasher Liv and Levon get let out And um, there's banging on the door And there's it's just a, a execution Surrounded by uh, Fillmore Grave soldiers Who are I guess going to be the uh, uh, Unwilling spectators <laughs> um, So Chase says it's a lawful execution uh, Levon killed uh, a soldier Jeffrey Copperfield and then uh, uh, Jordan says, more like Coppa Phil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Olivia Moore is uh, convicted of human smuggling, and it's because of her crimes that zombies starve. Um, oh, so, like, uh, anyway, <laughs> it so reminds me of real things, but I won't get into it. Um, so, we go outside, and this is a great shot. All these different protesters trying to pry the door. Wait, wait, what are you saying? Are you saying because of like zombies, then like zombies w- w- are like taking people's jobs mm-hmm. and their livelihoods? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, all right, so uh, outside we see the protesters <laughs> prying the doors. I love that we see uh, Clive, Major, Peyton, Ravi, Johnny Frost, uh, Suki, Stan. All of those guys are all in this crowd trying to get that door open. I was like, because the first time I watched it, uh, you know, Johnny left the studio, and later I thought I was like, did I even see Johnny in that crowd? But yeah, he's there. He's they're all <laughs> trying to get that door open. It's so great. And uh, then Clive gets to do something he's been wanting to do for four years now, which is to punch Major right in the face, <laughs> and which it gets him into full on zombie mode. And so. Uh, Poor Levi, meanwhile, is being put down in the melon smasher, and he gets one final word. He immediately starts yelling, Fillmore Graves, you have the power to make humans not fear zombies. And Chase is just like, F you, and like just drops the anvil on him before he can say any more.
God, it was so shocking. Like you, you think something's gonna happen to stop it, right? And nothing does. It happens. And we don't even. I, I was for a moment. I was like, "What did it, did it really happen?" Because we don't really see mm-hmm. like huge blood splat. I mean, we hear the sound effect, but we don't see like any of the soldiers being splattered with blood. Um, we do hear like Chase call clean that up, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, okay." So um, Rob Thomas did a interview with TV Line. <laughs> And they asked him uh, if he has any sort of concern about killing off another one of Liv's boyfriends. And yes, like you said, um, at the beginning of the season or before the season, um, with, you know, there was a tease that Liv was going to get another boyfriend. But this boyfriend will not be killed. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, um, so uh, TV Lion says, you know, any concern about killing off another one of Liv's boyfriends? And Rob, Rob says... Yeah, I do have some concern about that, but I like the story we were telling with him. I certainly loved the Levon character, but we don't have those actors and deals each year. They're not series regulars, so unless we make them a series regular, the chance of them booking a pilot and not being available to us, and the story just ending with the actor being gone is always present. I feel like it's better to kill them than to have them just disappear from the show. So, yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was your explanation. I mean, I understand because, I mean, we really like Daniel Bonjour and if he could and we could get him, you know, on a show as, as a series regular, I would be all for that. Right. Um, TV Line also asked, is Liv done with relationships? And he says uh, she might be, although since everyone knows season five is our final year, it probably gives her more opportunity for happiness than previous seasons as we wouldn't have to pay to add another actor as a series regular. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what he has to say about that. I tried to find it. I think TV line was like the only interview that he gave. Um, and yeah, he's about to go in the writer's room. So I didn't want to bother him. <laughs> so that's his answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe before the season began, they weren't planning on it, they, you know, and it just kind of turned into that, you know, like you know, actually, that's true. He shouldn't he shouldn't feel beholden to something that he said in an interview one time, right? You know, and it's too bad. I, you know, they tried to do something with Justin last year where Justin ended up kind of doing a turncoat thing, but then the, the season were like, where did he go? What happened to him? <laughs> You know, yeah. So it's like he's so conspicuous that he wasn't there. Yeah. So the door gets pried open finally, and in runs Major in full zombie, and he screams, "No!" So what did you think of how this was shot with the cut the darkness action? Cut the darkness action. What'd What'd you think of that? Did it work? I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. I thought it was, I was like, Oh, what's going on here? You know, um, it's different. It is. And I think it was another, like, it's another kind of, uh, budget saving thing as well, because it does kind of cover up, um, some, I mean, we see major leaping through the air at one point. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. And it was, it was, it also ratcheted up the suspense, you know, cause you're like, what, what's happening? <gasps> what's happening? Like, yeah, what's happening that I'm not seeing? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, all this, like, huge stuff is happening. Um, so, I just, um, so, Major screams no, and they, and uh, Chase, Chase screams, take him down. And I just want to know, nobody shoots at Major. 
Nobody does. Chase is actually mm. the one that pulls out his gun and starts firing. And that's when Liv uh, grabs him. And Justin yells, don't shoot. So that's what I'm talking about, the redeeming part of Justin. That Justin all of a sudden is like, oh yeah, this is this is unjust and this is unjust Justin. Um, and uh, I know what the, the, good, the good side is, you know? Um, so yeah, Major leaps the soldiers, knocks Chase down. Uh, we see the rest of the group breaking in, and again, nobody shoots at them. They all like ru- rush in, and there's no like fight. They're like watching what's happening on the stage. Um, Chase goes for his gun, which is just past the melon smasher, <laughs> and Major grabs his leg so he can't go any further. And that's when Liv releases the anvil. Splat! And we should have known. That Chase would die by his own weapon. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, like it's it's beautiful. Uh, uh, is that irony? Just, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, what you call it, but it's like, of course, yeah, of course, Chase was gonna die that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, and I just like you know seeing Liv's face, like you know, it's not like f you, it's more like like. <sighs> I don't know. It's just rejected. Yeah. She's pissed that she had to do it. She's pissed that she's pissed at him. I, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's not like she's like full zombie. She's just like, you know, she knows what needs to be done. And he tried to kill her and, uh, they were pretty close (laughs) for a night or two, you know? Uh, (laughs) and it's just crazy. Um, everybody, I love the the crowd shot. I like paused it, and you could see like our Clive and Ravi and Peyton all like in this huge crowd. Everybody just kind of watching in horror, and she just goes right over to Justin, and there's just like no words between them. And Justin just un- uncuffs her, and she just walks right out. Like she's not even a part of the rest of the scene. Um, so uh, there's a soldier that runs in, and I love that uh, his last name is on his uh, um, uniform. It's Lori. Who is uh, Dean Laurie, one of the writers? Uh, it says Gate Six has been overrun. Where's the commander? And Hobbs steps up and says, "Major is the commander." Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, Hobbs. Hobbs. And uh, you know, and he stays in the background. It's Justin who walks up next to next to Major and is like, "Yep, yeah, it's yours now. Like it, or, like it or not." And Major doesn't want it, but. All of a sudden, Captain America mode gets in. <laughs> he just starts, <laughs> you know, telling everybody what to do. Um, yeah, God, Major. I hope this is a return of just great Major. I know probably people would like him to be away from this Fillmore Graves stuff, but um, if he changes Fillmore Graves, then yeah. seeing Major as a leader is uh, what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, inspiring and caring Major. You know. Um, I definitely don't want him to have like a chase turn next year. Like, uh, like he's gonna be, um, you know, the, he's the the bad guy. The bad of guy. Five. Yeah, and and uh, you know, yeah, it, the whole smuggling thing is not going to be a smuggling thing anymore. But he's going to have to deal with the starvation problem. Um, so, uh, bring out your dead. We see the aftermath. Uh, and on the news, and uh, over a thousand zombies that have been killed, and we have Ma- uh, Blaine watching on his laptop this news report, and sees uh, his father getting shot right in the head. So, see ya, Angus. <laughs> and then we go to Liv's bedroom, and she says that Levon's dead, Isabel's dead, Lowell Drake, 
I love that Lowell and Drake both get a shout out. And she wants to go somewhere where she can't hurt anyone or be hurt by anybody. And Ravi reveals there that Isabel's brain is going to cure her. But, um, you know, he's he's like surprised that she wants to be done with rene- being renegade, but she doesn't want it anymore. So um, they're about to go do this and they see Major and Justin are there. And Major is like, yeah, smuggle in as many humans as you want. The U.S. Army is going to be the only thing in our way. And um, Liv mentions the cure and Major... Answers a, a question: Is it mass producible? And Ravi says, "Far from it." So <laughs> that was like definitely a question. I'm like, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! We need to get a piece of that brain. <laughs> like, we need to, we need to work on." Nope, it's not. It's not mass producible. So I don't know if Ravi's back to square one after this um, brain is gone or what. Um, so um, Liv does shame Major. For kidnapping her, which led to Levon's death, and Major accepts that and says, "But it would also mean that Liv would be dead." So, mm-hmm. uh, Major leaves, and Peyton tries defending him. And Liv, I love that Liv is like, "I know who Major is, even if he forgets sometimes," mm. which is a nice like button on the Liv Major relationship for the season. Um, all right, so we go to the morgue. She's about to eat the brain. I, I'm actually just wanted to make a note, a, a mention here. Uh, I'm really upset that one of the promotional photos that they released for this episode before the episode was Liv sitting in the morgue with Peyton with the orange pl- brain on the plate. I mean, it, it, it completely diffused any sort of worry I had about Liv being ex- executed or even Peyton being in trouble. <laughs> Oh. And I hinted at that a couple times when we were discussing whether Peyton was coming back or what uh-huh. was going on. Yeah. I, it's just like, ugh. I, I, I knew eventually we'd be getting to that point. So, And this is where uh, I was thrown for a loop as well because Ravi says that uh, Liv has to eat the entire brain. So it's not like a cure she's going to be able to share with anybody, which was surprising. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, he gets a message. Something is pressing upstairs, and they go up, and uh, everybody is gathered around. Michelle is uh, strangely missing. I don't know where Michelle is. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Maybe she got a, a whiff of what was going down, and she left early for the day. Yeah, mm, yeah, I gotta take an early day. <laughs> uh, poor Michelle, though. I, I really I feel bad. <laughs> this is why you shouldn't date your coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there they are, standing there, Clive and Basio and Vampire Steve officiating. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, of course. And uh, uh, Basio asks Liv to be your maid of honor, and then uh, Ravi, Clive says Ravi, and he's like, oh, get my keys out of my jacket pocket, move my car, it's double parked. Uh, embarrassed him <laughs> Embarrassed Ravi It made me mad at Clive <laughs> And this is And I was like Having like Like uh, Wedding tears You know the wedding tears Where you're like Oh my god This is beautiful And Oh it's so funny Like Oh Clive Aw uh, And then Ravi's like I'll remember that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know um, And we find out Basio's full name Which you, you said At the top of the show Dallas and Basio she is so fun. Jessica Harmon is so funny. <laughs> yep. Just everything. Like, she can say things, you know, just like when, you know, she said God was on the phone. Like, she's yeah. so weedy and funny. And, and 
in sickness or in health. No, it'll just be in health because we can't get sick. <laughs> and we won't have any kids, but I'm going to bring magic and wonder into their marriage. And if you're still missing kids, I'll let you spank me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cute because she, because that's their relationship. That's who she is. Yeah. That's, that is her character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Clive vows to spank until he hears the safe word, even though he can't remember if they even have one. <laughs> and... Then it, things get kind of serious, you know. He's like, "I won't make you feel sad that I have to eat, eat brains and I won't be a father. This is my choice, which is great. I I loved it. I was like, "Why is he saying this?" And but he's like reinforcing, like, "Listen, this is not. I'm not doing this to make you happy. This is my choice. I want to do this." Yeah, I, I was kind of like, "Why does? Why do they have to keep saying?" He won't be a father. Yeah. Like they keep saying it so blatantly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess there's no other way to talk about it. Yeah, it does. I mean, for for the per- per- person watching, I mean, it's a reminder that of, of why this is what so his sacrifice and what he's sacrificing yeah. and how beautiful. You know, this is kind of touching and beautiful. But also, I love that Clive, as the character, is telling Fazio, like, this is my choice. You you know, I'm not just doing this because I want to make you happy. I, I want to be happy because, like, yeah, just, you're, it's non-negotiable, <laughs> like you said last week. And uh, I love Rose, Rose tweeted, uh, um, I'm literally, I'm going to literally sex him to death is one of the best lines. <laughs> 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 Which it is, yeah. So, uh, I don't know about you, but this is when I started yelling at the TV, live, live, live. <laughs> because. Why? Because you knew that she was going to give her cure away. Yeah. I was like, tell, say it, say it. Cause I was like, oh man, if she doesn't give that cure to Basio, I'm, this is not going to be very, I mean. Oh, you were afraid that she wasn't going to give it to Basio. Right. Cause she just waited and waited, but you see the look on her face. She's like. Like she knew what she had to do. Yeah, it downed on her. This will bring her out of her funk. Mm -hmm. She has to do selfless acts to to bring her out of her depression. Because she feels like all of this was for nothing if so many people died. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, yeah, um, Liv is trying to hold back tears, talking about a wedding gift. I'm trying to hold back tears. Um, I'm sorry about giving me commentary about my emotions, but, uh, man, this is heavy (laughs) stuff. Uh, (laughs) Clive, how would you like to be a father? Oh my God. And then they hug her and then we see Ravi and Peyton talking about what might be happening. This is another instance where Ravi and Peyton are talking about what are they, what's going on over there? Oh, Liv just gave away her cure. Isn't that just like her? That is just like her. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, so just when things are getting too serious, we go to silencer but deadly, which is uh, <laughs> Blaine feeling suicidal. He's got candy blindfolded, spinning in a chair. It's kind of his own weird way of playing Russian roulette. Yeah, okay. I love Candy. I think mm-hmm. she's a great character. She, I like that actress. Yeah. But I feel when I see her, I'm instantly happy and sad because. It's Blaine torturing the poor lady. Yeah. Like, she's his, I mean, I don't know. It's just, he's always having her do something terrible or, um. Yeah, and we know yeah. she's got a thing for him. You know, at least she used to, but I'm sure there's, and just the fact that she's, he's making her, like, possibly shoot him in the head. He, she's already shot him once in the chest. You see a bullet in there. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, oh man, I couldn't, I was like, oh my God, I was so freaking out because she shoots and there's Donnie, but it's just shot his bottle. I was like, like, they're going to kill Donnie off? No. (laughs) You know, by then I knew that it was almost inevitable that Donnie was going to win the, uh, iZombie recurring characters tournament on Twitter. (laughs) But, uh, this is, this is also kind of a touching moment. You mentioned it before the, the whole thing about Blaine being depressed about his father and Donnie being the ones there for him and to hell with your old man, he says. Um, and we also find out that, that they're broke. Um, the bank might foreclose on shady plots and Romero's and the scratching post. The whole real estate scam is, is up in smoke because they thought that they'd have everybody in here buying up uh, the the properties at a higher price, and now he's really badly in debt. Um, but I love how overprotective Donnie is when uh, the Fillmore Graves officer comes in, and he just like immediately whirls around and points a gun at him. He's like, "What do you want?" Mm. Which is, I love it. Donnie's mother bear. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it's uh, Major calling Blaine in, and uh, I love that Blaine bows and calls him Lord Commander. Major says that Blaine and Donnie have the most valuable asset in New Zealand. I almost said New Zealand. Um, <laughs> in New Seattle. The, the brains, the brain smuggling, and they want them to increase it by 20 times and offers them wealth, respectability. They're going to be patriots. They're going to be statues. They're going to be nursery rhymes about Blaine. There's going to be De Beers High. Donnie's deep fried brain stands are going to be all over New Seattle. <laughs> They're just both like, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the smile on their faces. It's so funny that I'm like rooting for um, this horrible child mur- murderer and, <laughs> and his little buddy. Uh, and Blaine asks for all their debts to be forgiven. And Hobbs tries to object, but they say Major says done, and and they shake hands. And just the the craziness of Major and Blaine shaking hands after all mm. that's been going on, and that they're going to have to work together. It, that's going to be an interesting part of season five, seeing Major mm-hmm. and Blaine have to work together. And Donnie closes the scene off by saying, "Dilly dilly." Do you know that, what that's from? Yes, oh, because I okay. just saw the commercial, oh. that stupid Bud Light commercial. <laughs> It's like a rallying call in that commercial. I don't know. I watched the commercial. I wasn't familiar with it. But it's like, like uh, what is it in Shakespeare? Hey, Nani Nani. Hey Jude. Hey Nani. Yeah. Hey Nani Nani. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. But uh, okay. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we go to the last scene, and uh, it's Liv and Peyton and Ravi in the Renegade Hotel room for one last time. And uh, they're gonna have a little to get together, tell people goodbye. Uh, Liv is done being renegade, and Clive actually sends over this gift. Um, and by the way, I wanted to thank uh, Ravi or Raul for pronouncing "gift" properly. Um, of uh, Dale shoveling shoveling ice cream into her face, <laughs> which I was like for a second, I, was like, I felt bad about Liv for a second. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Liv." Yeah, but that said so much that. That Dale is She's enjoying being a human again Yeah It's great And so Stan, Curtis, and Suki uh, Come in to invite them out to the pool Because they don't have to hide anymore And maybe they'll do a little skinny dipping And then they walk out And holy cow There are like hundreds of people Standing around And all just start applauding Liv I was like yay Yay And Peyton says Still want to run off to some place Where no one knows who we are 
And Ravi says, zombies and humans all believing we can work together. What should we do first, renegade? So what what an amazing ending. I I, I just gave myself shivers thinking about it. (laughs) All right, we're running long. We got a lot of feedback to go through. I do have to read this, though. Um, This is another thing from the TV Lion article from Rob Thomas. And I asked him about his bucket list. What what are they going to do in season five? And he says they basically haven't started writing yet. Uh, That's going to be in three weeks. But he says, the fate of Major and Liv will need to be answered by the end of next season. That I can promise that there will be a resolution. I don't know what that resolution will be yet, but it'll feel resolved. (laughs) (laughs) And that was always one of the things that you're going to hold in your back pocket until your final season and figure it out then. I think we're going to give some sort of answer to the fate of zombie kind. And again, I do not know what that answer will be, but we won't do the Sopranos ending. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be just like you're watching the show and then someone just hits stop in a random place. And I say that actually really liking the Sopranos ending, but I suspect that we're going to get more resolution than that. I like that he doesn't know what's going to (laughs) happen. That means anything could happen. At least he didn't be like, he wasn't like, listen, we're going to probably do another boyfriend next year. We're definitely not going to kill this one. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. All right. Let's get into feedback. Um, This is a reminder to uh, check out the app from our friends at TV time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. And thank you to everyone who's listening through the app. I have. Yes, I have TV time quotes. Eden 0501 says, Liv has been through so much already with the deaths of Lowell and Drake. And now Levon is dead, too. R.I.P. Levon. Alex says, unpopular opinion. Levon was Liv's most boring boyfriend. (gasps) I'm not even sad to see him go. He was not boring. He was so sensitive. He was the most sensitive boyfriend ever. (laughs) That that was my uh, editorial. Claudio says, good episode. Finally, Liv wasn't on some random brain, and we saw her real personality, the one I love most. Joe Bear says, Liv is such an incredible person. I knew she would give the cure to Dale. I choked up when Clive hugged Liv. Such a beautiful gift to give them. Gemini Coven says, Gemini Covenant. Gemini Coven says, I laughed so much when Robbie was so happy to be the best man. And then Clive told him to move his car. Love those two. (laughs) Boyer O. Three eight says Paul Rudd. That's a good get. Eat your heart out, Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to email. Uh, we're hearing back from Tim, who we haven't heard from all season. He was uh, remember from last season. He was the guy that always would write in defending Blaine and all, all the things Blaine did. But uh, he stopped watching after he saw Blaine uh, stole the cure, and he said he wasn't a fan of the actor who plays Angus. Um, and if you don't know why, I mean, we, we talked about it in our season four preview and decided not to talk about it ever again. Um, so uh, I just wanted to give that caveat before I read his email. He says, hey, Robin and Steph, I tuned into the finale to see if they could win me back. And they did just that. I'm a little disappointed my boy Blaine didn't get to kill his abusive dickweed of a father himself and that he warned him. But I also realize that it's somewhat realistic that sometimes children of abusive uh, of abuse forgive their parents, and perhaps Blaine actually thought his father was a changed man. If only he hadn't manipulated them, 
perhaps they could have had a fresh start. Overall, I wonder what the Prophet storyline added to the season. It seemed like a whole bunch of filler, unless he becomes a martyr in death. Before the things about that actor came to light, I was hoping he would be a big bad. I questioned the decision to have him go mad and become a religious cult leader, but perhaps they decided to downplay his importance after real-world events. Um, I think real-world events happened after they were just about done shooting, so I don't think that was a factor. Um, That's just me. Uh, Continuing with Tim. As for Blaine going forward, I'm intrigued. Major is in a tough spot. He has no option but to partner up with Blaine. I'm curious, though, does forgiving Blaine of his debts also mean his debts to his society, or just the ones he's in with the bank? Do Blaine and Donnie now have full pardons for their crimes? What happens should Seattle be reintegrated into the USA? Major doesn't have the authority to grant pardons for things like murder, but who knows? I feel like that we're in our own little society. Yeah. That, yeah, that, because Fillmore Graves seems to be the law. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, exactly. But once we get, if if they decide to be part of the U.S. again, if it all works out, um, who, who knows? Um, I don't know. To me, I thought it was just financial debts. I don't know. Um, uh, so, uh, quick question slash plot hole about the finale that occurred to me just now, but I didn't mention in my prior email. Um, Blaine's debts. Uh, Angus is dead. Frau Bader is dead. Shouldn't that mean he gets those millions he signed back over to Blaine? Le- or over to Angus last season as part of his inheritance. Perhaps Angus burned through his wealth in order to supply his congregation with brains, but it seemed like he was just killing people and then relying on Blaine to feed them. Did he still have his real estate empire, the company that Blaine's grandpa built, or did he abandon that? Surely his absence wouldn't have been enough to bankrupt them. Someone probably assumed his position as CEO. The company didn't go under when he was kidnapped. I doubt it went under when he was hiding out in an old movie theater. Well, the deal between Blaine and Major interests me. Does Blaine really need Major to erase his fiscal debts? He could just take the deal anyway because greed, because like he said, when he explained his fake amnesia, he wanted to change his life and how people viewed him. He has a chance to do that now, be considered a hero to zombie kind while also making money in the process. The notion that he would be hurting for money, though, is that a plot hole? Um, Yeah, and this, to me, uh, um, this is where the whole being um, cut off from society uh, works for me. I, I don't know. But then again, um, you know, uh, we see in Blue Bloody, the rich didn't get, like, poor. They stayed rich. So I don't know. Maybe that's something they'll address next season, or maybe that's something they'll just kind of forget about. <laughs> what do you think? I had totally forgotten that <laughs> Blaine's... I'd, I, I guess we're just supposed to forget about it, because I did. <laughs> Uh, maybe they'll address it. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to read Kira's email. Awesome. She says, uh, Robin, Steph, and potential guest. We should have guests. <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, yeah, I know. We, we've we just been basically trying to figure out when to record at the last minute. And <laughs> yeah. Especially this we've week. We've just been Holy trying cow. to do with our, just deal with our own selves. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Kira says, what a finale. May not have been as epic as the season two finale, but certainly brought the feels. My goodness, Clive and Bazio's wedding. In my opinion, it was a good season, though I need to binge-watch uh, binge the entire season to solidify all my feelings. The only lingering question I had was a reference to a comment Raul made earlier in the season about how there was a twist about who stole the cure back in season three and how they weren't obvious, how they weren't the obvious choice. For example, Blaine. 
until uh, even till the last second of the episode, I was hoping that it, it would be addressed. But I suppose not. I'm behind by a few podcast episodes, so I'm not sure if you guys brought up that query as well. Either way, good season and so excited that we get another one, even if it's the last. Thanks for all you do. Yeah. Oh, thanks for writing. Um, to me, uh, and I don't think – I think when he said uh, obvious choice, I don't think he definitely cited Blaine out as the example. But, I mean, to me that was the obvious choice, but – I don't know. We did talk about it at the time. Um, I think it's more like it's so obvious you immediately discount it and you think, oh, it must be something even less obvious. So it makes it even less obvious. Yeah. It's the more obvious, less obvious. I was like, I was like, oh, surely it's not Blaine because that's the first person I think of. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's an answer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, Don. Uh, Not Donnie, Don. Um, All in all, a very good season closer. Points. Uh, One, I always thought the documentary was a stupid risk. So seeing it save Liv was a pleasant surprise. I agree. I think it upended our expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two, Levon. Lying showrunners. I predict Liv's next lover will be the actual new drummer for Spinal Tap. <laughs> this will save us the suspense. <laughs> That's great, Dawn. Three, I'm glad Fillmore Graves has been somewhat neutered. Frankly, they were a bad mix with the show. Humor that would fit them would be darker than what we had in season one and two, and in, in my opinion, unsatisfactory. Going forward with Major as commander of Fillmore Graves is another surprise. With Chase gone, at least he's got a job for the next year. Speaking of Chase's passing, this was the final nail in the coffin of using Harrison Graves as a serious plot point. Nobody's left who cares that Blaine killed him. Yep, yep, you're right, Tom. Um, Number four. The last scene was really nice and was absolutely heartwarming. It certainly seemed to charge up Liv for a new tilt at the windmills. <laughs> yeah. And number five, I'm still at a loss at Blaine's real estate scam. The idea was to one, buy up tons of Seattle real estate at current cheap prices, and two, infect the rest of the country with the virus, presumably avoiding an apocalypse. This was supposed to increase demand for said real estate. Supply being fixed, prices shoot up, and Blaine gets rich. The problem in that spreading the virus wouldn't have that effect. Simply put, prices would crash in the other places that now have zombies. Banks wouldn't have wouldn't touch real estate loans like this with an eleven foot pole. That doesn't do crap for Blaine, as far as I can see. Or am I missing something? Um, yeah, Don. Uh, I meant to ask my uh, real estate agent wife about this, uh, <laughs> and I, I forgot. And I'm sorry. I I just naturally assumed that uh, Blaine's like, well, if all of the U.S. is um, zombified, then it won't be. You know. Prices will even out or or raise back to the regular uh, limit, right? The, the regular price. And all he those ones he got it. on the cheap. Yeah, he explained it in the episode. Yeah. And I remember buying it, but I can't <laughs> explain it. <laughs> anyway, he says, I look forward to season five with you guys. Have a good hiatus. Thanks, Don. Daisy says, hey, guys, couldn't resist writing in for the season finale. Hope I'm not too late. You're not. Overall – 
you're not too late, Daisy. Overall, it was a great episode and set things up nicely for the fifth and final season. Pretty much everyone finished the season in a happy place, even Major. So unusual, but I imagine it was in case the show wasn't renewed. Mm, yeah, I saw a couple articles like would the, this would have been a good series finale as well as a season finale. So, mm. yeah. But now I'm wondering who will be next season's antagonist. Blaine, the U.S. government, some unknown entity. And will we end with zombies as the norm or a mass producible cure or both somehow? I can't wait. But I uh, but I also can because I don't want it to be over. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> While I haven't had as much time to write this in this season, I've enjoyed the podcast all the same. Thanks again, Robin and Steph, for all you guys do. I would love for Blaine to be the antagonist next season. Uh, I would love for him to be like just working his games. And I'm, and it's so much his character to be working his games um, in the background while, you know, playing Major. Um, but I think Major saying that the U.S. military would be the only thing standing in yeah. Renegade's way. I think, I think it's Fillmore Graves. I think it's all our all our characters against the government, which I was kind of surprised that the military uh, killed all the zombies, didn't let the zombies escape. I thought season five was going to be, you know, bigger than New Seattle. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was gonna it, it was gonna be like uh, United States of Zombies next season, mm-hmm. like just really blow it up. But um, yeah, I don't know. We still have General Mills with his atom bomb in the background. We have General Mills' daughter somewhere <laughs> <laughs> in a cell in Fillmore Graves, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe Liv's mom will be uh, will be the uh, antagonist next season. <laughs> We've got to see Liv's dad. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about that for season two. I don't think we have any chance of seeing Liv's dad ever. <laughs> Hard enough explaining where Liv's, Liv's mom and brother went to. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next is uh, Efrex. Hi, Steph. Hi, Robin. Can't believe the season is over and that we're now in the in-between seasons void again. What a strange trip it's been. I can't say that I loved everything about this season, but kudos to the writers for ambition. They have expanded the show's scope tremendously while still maintaining its general feel. And that isn't a that is not a tricky easy trick to pull off. There was a number number of plot threads left dangling, whatever happened to General Bell's daughter, but I'm pretty <laughs> satisfied overall. The core cast is as fantastic and ensemble as any show has ever had, and this finale gave everyone a chance to shine. But I'm going to give the trophy to the Liv Clive interactions. Liv's "Remember that this is the brain that loves you" was just perfect, and her selflessness at the end with Bosno was beautiful. I know it's unlikely, but I'm hoping that Jess Harmon gets promoted to featured cast next year. We need more Bosio. Speaking of which, Vampire Steve as wedding officiant was not something I saw coming, but it had me rolling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and congratulations to iZombie recurring character tournament winner, winner Donnie. Bryce Hodgson has been brilliant since day one, and I'm not sure I would have picked him from the original tournament bracket, but I'm very pleased. Yeah, me either. I was thinking it was going to be either Lowell or Minor. Another side note here. I, I really hope somebody lets uh, Bryce Hodgson know that he his character won the tournament because uh, he's not on Twitter. So I heard he's on Instagram. So if you know Bryce, let him know. Um, all right. Back to Efrex's email. 
to the over-analytical observations and nitpicks. Number one, according to my back-of-the-envelope calculations, Blaine and Donnie made about $150 million from their uh, zombie cure auction. You mean they lost all of it in the new Seattle real estate bust? (laughs) Guess crime pays, but it doesn't invest. (laughs) (laughs) Two, what were Hobbs and Enzo trying to accomplish at the end of the episode? Enzo went out to the gate, but unless I missed something, didn't do anything to help the zombies get through. While Hobbs was betraying Major one moment and supporting him the next. I can't imagine him being a major character next season, but why the complexity? Um, Yeah, we talked a bit about that, but I I think... uh, uh, for uh, we talked about Enzo. I think for Hobbs, um, I think he just saw that the the power shift, I and mean, he went to Major's side. So I don't think he should trust him, though. That's for sure. Um, when Blaine came in, when Blaine came in to talk to Major, who was was it? Hobbs standing there with Major when no, Major was, was sitting at Chase's desk. No, it was Justin. It was Justin. And okay. uh, Ch- uh, Ho- Justin and Major were talking about what to do with Hobbs and whether they should trust Hobbs. Oh, then Hobbs right. brought in Blaine and Donnie. Number three, so much unexplained slash bad science with the orange brain. Why would Liv need to eat the whole thing to be cured? Why wouldn't Ravi continue to test the brain to see if he could ex- extract the cure? Why does orange brain look so candy-like and delicious? Okay, maybe that's just me. Oh, that brain looked delicious. Speaking of orange brain, kind of sad we won't see somebody on Isabel brain. Aww. Number five, I'm glad we got the shot of Liv wrecked by the deaths of her past because I've really appreciated how the show finds horror in small devastating moments rather than relying on spectacles and cheap scares. Number six, looks like Major, Liv, and Peyton are now the leaders of New Seattle. Here's hoping for a smooth and effective transition of power. It probably ain't happening, but I'm still hoping for it. Okay, I've rambled on more than enough. Now that the writers know that next season, yay, will be the last sob. I'm hoping they can write a somewhat tighter season with a fewer with fewer loose ends. Still, for all its flaws, the season was a lot of fun to go through week by week, and I'm thankful you guys create a space for us to share our observations, thoughts, and theories. And thank you for that email, Efrex. And uh, I, I always appreciate your thoughts, as well as the other feedbackers. Um, and we have a couple voicemails here, um, but I'm going to play one to let us both take a drink <laughs> before our Facebook feedback. This one's from Moira, who haven't, we haven't heard from in a while. Here she is. Hey, Robin and Steph. It's Moira. I um, finally got a chance to watch this week's episode in time to send you feedback. And that's a good thing because it's a finale. And after this, we are done, which makes me kind of sad. Um, it was great. I really enjoyed this episode. Um, it, was, it was moving and emotional. Liv had a chance to really, you know, think about her place in New Seattle and what impact she can make it was lovely the final scene where all the people are waiting for her and applauding her i thought that was really great because she's had a hell of a rough time losing yet another boyfriend it's true it's like the writers (laughs) have cursed her in terms of her love life do not fall in love with love more because your life is on the line the only exception of course being major um and on some level yeah i'm still rooting for them as a couple too because i feel like they've They've grown so much in so many ways as people. And uh, if they can come through all of that stuff and still respect each other, it's pretty amazing. And if Major really does, as in the last little bit of the episode, if he can 
wield um, his command position with a lot more humanity and compassion and level-headedness than did Chase, then I think Caleb will be able to, you know, respect him again, which would be pretty awesome. Um, the scene when Levon gets killed, though, that, that was, uh, that was awful. I just, I was thinking to myself, God, how would you have the courage to stand there? How would your intestines not just turn to puddle, you know, really to mush if you had to stand there and watch watch someone's head be squished and, and to die that way, knowing that your turn was next? If you really take a minute and think about about that, about being able to stand there and see that and not just collapse, it's pretty amazing. She's, she's a really strong character, a strong person. Um... And speaking of endings, I was glad to see the end of uh, the preacher, uh, Blaine's dad, because, you know, I just think that that whole storyline loop had to come to a, to a close, and um, it had run its course. So, yeah, I'm glad they, they definitively made an ending to that character. And Blaine and Donnie, you know, I have to just say, I love Donnie as a, as a sidekick. <laughs> God, he's great. He's got great comic timing. He's, he's just, you know, a little bit of comic relief when you need it. Um, I really like that actor. You know, it'd be great. I wonder if he would ever come on the show and talk to you guys because he, he's <laughs> just been such a little, a little spark of brightness uh, in, in the whole series. And, uh, um, sometimes those comic characters, I think, don't get enough recognition. But, uh, yeah, you gotta love Donnie. He's awesome. So, okay. This was great. I'm getting a little long-winded. I want to stop pretty winded up. Um, <laughs> great season. Lots of fun stuff happened here. Amazing character development. You know, we got Raul and Peyton back together again, which, I mean, sorry, Raul, <laughs> Raffi and Peyton back together again, which makes me happy. Oh my god, how can I not mention, um, Clive? Clive and, um, Bobino and the marriage and everything. Oh my god, that was awesome. <laughs> Say Domino. Uh, and lived the most Bobino. selfless thing. Oh, really, she's, she's amazing. I mean, she gave up her chance to be human again so that Clive could be a dad. So, aww. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, love the show still, and uh, hopefully we're getting a fifth season. I assume. I, I sorry, I haven't heard the last couple podcasts. You probably said that or something, and I'm just out of the loop. But anyway, let's hope. Let's hope so, because I love it. All right, you guys, uh, take care. Thanks for doing what you do. Really do appreciate it. Probably don't say that enough. Love you both, and um, till next time. As I always say, bye for now. Love you. Love you, Moira. I love you too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm also glad that Thanks, they Parker. ended. Yeah, that they <laughs> ended uh, uh, bro- brother love yeah. story. You know that. I mean, I feel like that caused a. Um, I like how that worked into the season. Mm-hmm. The stories that came from it. Yeah. And the religious fanatic. The religious fanatic and the zomb- between the zombies and the humans. I like. I enjoyed it. I'm glad. I enjoyed. Enjoyed it for what it was, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that whole situation couldn't get any more heightened than it was. You know, it's right. just like you know. I mean, maybe we could see a season five if he didn't get shot. Like if he was like beaten and he and he lost all his followers, and you know, I could see something like that happening. But I just don't want more screen well, time to know, was, devoted uh, to that character because I'd rather you know. Sierra yeah, and Parker. it was just it was great that he, him and Blaine came back together, and yeah. then uh, what it did for Blaine's character was great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to read Facebook yes. feedback because my voice is going. <clears throat> Pete says, most season finales try to go bigger than the previous year in terms of action, but I feel this was smaller and more focused on the characters, and I absolutely loved it. I thought the story wrapped up surprisingly quickly, but that just gave us more time with our characters. As they dealt with the aftermath and so many emotions, the wedding was a lovely surprise and Liv's gift was truly touching, not to mention the final scene. I can't wait to see the fifth season. I can't wait to see what the fifth season brings now that Major is boss and Blaine and Donnie are going legit. But I imagine it's going to be a long wait. Oh, it's going to be so long. Dave says, uh, brain shipments have stopped. They were hardly holding on as it were. Sorry, but this never would have worked with the government in on it before. Now it's even worse. But seeing Major and Blaine working together to keep the zombies in check will be fascinating. Angus really did believe in his cause. I had my doubts at the beginning of the season, but he really did believe. Blaine's brilliant plan was to let the zombies of New Seattle get out as a mob? Not well thought out. There surely could have been much easier and more definite ways to get the virus to spread. All this season, people have been coming and going through this supposedly solid and penetrable boundary. Uh, surely there could have been opportunities to spread the virus rather than through a mob. Both Levon and Chase are gone. Saw that coming despite the promise not to kill Liv's boyfriend. Although mm-hmm. you could justify this bold lie from the writers as it was Justin who did not die. <laughs> nice. Major as the boss of Fillmore Graves. That will be interesting. I forget. Did they ever explain where Fillmore Graves gets its money? Uh, yeah, I'm assuming it's funded by uh, all the money they've made from their private military op- uh, operations. I'm, I don't That's just me shooting. I don't know. Um, uh, nice knowing you, Chase. I had hoped Chase would pull together at the beginning of the season, but he was getting more and more stressed and paranoid. What a thankless job. The wedding was charming. Was Michelle on duty and invited? <laughs> Still a bit sore about the ab- abrupt dropping of Michelle and Vampire Steve performing the ceremony. Funny. Liv giving up the cure was such a live thing to do. But eating the whole brain seems a bit excessive. Anyway, now we begin the long wait for season five. Can we please check in on Liv's mom and brother who supposedly have lived in New Seattle through all this? <laughs> season four was not my favorite season but had some of my favorite episodes of the series. All right. Thanks, Dave. All right. Sagan says, hi, Steph and Robin. If I could stop tearing up, then I'd be able to write this quicker. Ha ha. <laughs> what a season finale. Major is commander. Dale is human. Levon dying. Peyton returns. Peyton's return. Ah, really glad they brought Justin in for this episode. It just tied everything up so well. I'll miss Jason Doring, but this but his character needed to go. Excited with the changes Major is already making on the Fillmore Graves front. Angus, I won't miss. Yeah. <laughs> I never really had any feelings towards that character, really. I'm very excited to see what the final season will bring. My fingers are still crossed for a living major happy ending. Until next season, Sagan. Thanks, Sagan. Yeah, I I definitely am not gonna miss Chase, but I'm gonna miss Jason Doring. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe we won't have to wait too long Before we see Jason Doring again We don't have to wait We are not going to wait okay. We do not like to wait nope. Darren says After the way last season ended I was done with Justin But after seeing the documentary And ordering to hold fire When Major got into the warehouse He showed he can be a good character 
I knew Chase was done. Not how I expected it, but it works. Fitting, I guess, that Liv pulled the handle to crush his skull. Uh, Major in charge will be a new dynamic for next year. A kinder Fillmore Graves. I was wrong on how Angus would fall, so it felt a little cliche to me. But seeing how it affected Blaine is interesting. Blaine working as the brain supplier for the city should be fun. Let's see if he goes legit as a businessman or if he goes back to his old ways. You knew immediately that Liv was going to give the cure to Basio. That had to happen. It's who she is. R.I.P. Levon. I knew it was coming. Season 5 should be a good one to end on. I hope we see Liv's family again. But please, no sappy double wed- wedding to end the series with Liv, Major, and Peyton and Ravi. Way too cliche. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming we're either going to have one or the other. And either one that happens is going to be interrupted by Felicity, who's going to be like, oh, I'm going to marry Oliver again. Um... Can we can we get married too on your wedding day? Just asking. Uh, Felicity. Yeah, I don't watch those shows anymore. Uh, Stephen says, "I was hoping for more from Isabel's bride. I know, me too. I wanted to see fun live as a teenager." Uh, anyway, I feel like we've seen that before, though. You know, so maybe Major eats it. <laughs> Seeing <laughs> teenage girl brand again. Anyway, uh, okay, Stephen. We're sorry we interrupted your queer. Uh, Stephen says, but I teared up when Clive received his wedding gift. Oh yeah, me too. Michael says, I just finished the finale. I'm still gi- digesting, but overall, I thought it was a great episode. There weren't a lot of surprises in it for me. Most of the major plot points I saw coming, but it really focused on the characters I love and did them justice. Yeah, thanks, Michael. <laughs> Nutty says, wow, that was a killer episode. Poor Levon, so quick and just gone. But we all knew when Li- when Liv saw Clive and Dale what she would do. I'm sad that Isabel's brain can't be shared and used for more people. I really hope more comes back to that next season. Mm-hmm. I love that Justin <clears throat> was right there. He had to watch and realize what was going on. I had no sympathy for him because he was just going to let it all happen. But it really did add a dimension to everything. Major's flip was great and how he got Jordan to betray him so she could be trusted with info was well planned. Seriously, this show is just getting better. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for the Facebook feedback. Uh, and we have one more, of course, voicemail from Jeff. Hello, Robin and Steph. This is Jeff, X-Force 11, leaving my feedback on the most excellent season finale for iZombie. Oh, my goodness. I really did not anticipate that the showdown was going to happen with 20 minutes left in the show. But I really appreciated it. You know, I know they were kind of hedging bets and making sure that this could close as a season finale, but I really appreciated it. I, I'm i still kind of iffy on if Isabel's brain had to be totally eaten for the cure to take effect, but it was a nice turn for Liv to give it over to Dale so that uh, she and Clive can be happy together, and I really hope to see that next season. Really enjoyed Ravi and Peyton in this episode, and I really hope that Allie's going to be back 
back next season because, man, I ship those two. I, I thought it was a great ending to the season, and it leaves so much open that I'm excited to see what happens. And now we begin our long, long wait. I really appreciate you two and all that you bring to the show and making it so much better by having this podcast, the interviews, and having everyone's voice heard here. Thanks, you two. X-Force 11 out. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, X-Force 11. Yes, thank you. All right, well, that was our massive feedback section, and I just want to thank everybody um, that uh, sent in feedback and kept sending feedback in uh, week after week. Uh, Really uh, appreciate um, that this is not just me and Steph talking to each other, but a a conversation with uh, fellow fans. Um. I definitely wanted to um, say some thanks since this is uh, our last podcast for the season. Um, I wanted to first thank everybody in the cast and crew of iZom. I guess both of us want to, want to thank. I don't want to see me. Um, this is the best writer's room there is. You guys are awesome. And uh, thank you for all your support. Um, thank you to the CW for renewing iZombie for season five. You're the best. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to thank uh, our supporters, TV Time and DC TV Talk, that you guys uh, hear us talking about all the time. You should definitely check those guys out. Uh, Again, uh, thank you to the feedbackers, the tweeters, the Facebookers, the emailers. Uh, All you guys are just subscribing and just staying quiet out there. You guys are just streaming. Every single listener, you are the best. Right, Steph? Yes, and I want to thank you, Robin, for all the work you do every week. It's a lot of work. To, I mean, our notes are just massive, <laughs> and all I do is watch the show, show up here, and read what you've highlighted for me. <laughs> so you deserve all the kudos. Oh, uh, thanks. You deserve a lot of thanks for having to put up with 10 pages of notes and staying up late on Thursday nights uh, so I can talk your ear off. Um, and uh, I always love hearing what you have to say as well about the show. Um, oh, thanks. We're actually going to be uh, meeting up. Uh, we haven't seen each other since 2010, but uh, we're going to be let everybody know we're going to be down in Atlanta um, uh, for Dragon Con. I don't know if anybody goes to Dragon Con. Uh, we're That's Labor Day weekend. Yep. Make plans. Atlanta, get Georgia. your Airbnb now. Mm-hmm. Get your tickets. Let's go. And, uh, yeah, if anybody who's listens to the podcast, uh, um, that's going to be down there, just let us know and maybe we can, I don't know, do some sort of, I don't know, we can't like officiate any sort of meetup. We have all sorts of things where we might be able to like go, Hey, everybody meet at the Arby's. <laughs> oh, there's no Arby's. Oh, there's no Arby's on there. <laughs> we made it Chick-fil-A. Everybody meet at Chick-fil-A. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, whatever. So, uh, just let us know. Um, Email or tweet or Facebook or whatever. Um, what's coming up next? We have a long hiatus to wait till season five. I'm sure season five won't be around till, I mean, at the earliest February, um, but at the latest April. Um, they made us wait till April this year, so I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing. But um, in the meantime, we have um, obviously I always do like a, a hiatus uh, music. Uh, episode, so I'll be doing that for season four. Um, and I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to announce it? <laughs> yeah, we decided today. 
We're gonna we're going to rewatch Veronica Mars. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do a little binge watch where it'll be like five or six episodes a podcast and rewatch it. We've all seen it before. Uh, we promised a few episodes ago that if we get a season five, we're gonna rewatch Veronica Mars and podcast about it. And uh, we refer and to it. We so have much- to watch the movie too. Oh yeah, and play it again, Dick. I, yes, okay. I, we're going to do it all. We're going to have the entire – I mean I, I, we're probably not going to read the novels, but <laughs> we're going to do the Veronica Mars experience just to – I mean I haven't seen the show. I was telling you today. I don't let everybody know. But I haven't seen the show since uh, since uh, I've seen iZombie um, or uh, since iZombie started rather. I watched it a, a, a couple times. I binge watched it and uh, enjoyed it. Um, but uh, I haven't seen it since then. So it will be cool to see it again through the lens of – you know, spending these past like four years with a different Rob Thomas show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I promise if we get a season six, I'll make stuff uh, podcast about Party Down. <laughs> but I doubt we'll get a season six. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be, um, I don't know if, you, if you've if you been a longtime subscriber. We did a uh, cross-network cross uh, uh, podcast called, uh, with, with, our, with our other podcast, We Don't Want to Wait. Uh, we did it for Hellcats a couple of uh, hiatuses ago, and so we're going to do the kind of kind of the same thing. Um, and I'd expect that towards the end of this year, maybe the beginning of next, depending on when the dates uh, for iZombie are going to be released, what what the premiere is. So um, get yourself ready, get your DVDs. I think it's on Yahoo as well. <laughs> um, so, uh, but definitely, if you want, check out our podcast. We don't want to wait. Um, this is a, if you miss our voices. Um, we're both there talking every week. Uh, right now we're talking about Smallville. Uh, we'll be wrapping that up soon. And then we're going to be, Aww. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to be like doing other like streaming content, maybe like shorter run series. Um, we've tossed a few titles around. I don't want to like announce anything just yet, but, um, uh, check us out there. Um, and I also podcast on a show called round three, um, where I just kind of talk with a couple other friends about, uh, just different topics and it's kind of a fun round table discussion so that's it did you want to say anything else Steph uh no I think we should wrap it up for the season I don't know uh, I don't know Steph uh Levon's dead uh Isabel's dead Lowell Drake Minor Minor was left on a bus god Minor your theory about Detective Kevin all being the big bad of the season turned out to be completely wrong. Mm. And weren't you rooting for Michelle over Bazio at one point this season? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just want to go away where somewhere where I won't mis- make mistakes like that, where I don't make silly theories, somewhere I can't be hurt by the writers killing off Liv's boyfriends. Well, I've got some good news for you. My dog, Sadie, has been looking into podcasting, and I think she could probably take over for you in season five. Are you serious? 100% serious. 5% certain that she could learn to speak English by next year. Oh, wow. Those are good odds. What's that look for? I don't think you are serious. First of all, this is one of those closing skits where it's mostly a bunch of nonsense that you wrote, and secondly... You're not done yet. You don't think I've done enough? I mean, I don't even remember the mission. It was simple. Talk with me about iZombie every week. Rally the fandom to keep the show on the air. That's all. Yeah, that's all. Just listen to this documentary. I helped put together before you make any rash decisions. 
you made a documentary? I just proposed that my dog was going to start podcasting in your place. And when I say I made a documentary, now you're full of questions. Sorry, sorry. Please don't get out the fish. Listen. Robin and Steph understood the stakes when they created the iZombie podcast before the show was even on the air. Is that Raul Coley? Yep. They have been there since the beginning, supporting the show. I, for one, am looking forward to hearing their thoughts on iZombie in season five. Wow, Ralph Coley, good get. Yeah, I know. Still want to run off and let my dog host the show. What should we do now, Robin? Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at El Robin Yero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, friend of the show Cheyenne contributes with Photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at I. Zombie Love. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!